And we back, we ain't messing around, getting straight to it Cause we got a guest from out of town, yeah From Bali, yeah From Bali, yeah For the intro, we keeping it short, uh-huh, uh My name ain't George, uh-huh, yeah Your name ain't George, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I know a person named George And he's cool, and he bald head, but he cool And he cool, he wear Hawaiian shirts and shorts And he cool, he wear Hawaiian shirts and shorts And his name is George, and his name is George And his name is George, and his name is George And I'm best friends with his daughters And I'm best friends with his daughters Yeah, yeah Hi, yo, yo, yo What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast Um... Okay, let's hop right in. I am uh, like ecstatic, really nervous, but ecstatic because uh, this week we have a special guest all the way from Bali, Bali, Indonesia, Mr. Kieran Paul Brown. Kieran is a confidence coach, a creative brain, and a writer of tales, telling gripping tales that pull your mind out of the real world and thrust it deep into universes is his life's passion. He's also the co-founder of the Web of Chaos movement. This movement's mission is to impact the lives of as many people as they possibly can. They're also here to help women, girls, and ethnic minorities cultivate true belief, confidence, and self-worth. And you know, on this show, we are all about uplifting our ethnic minorities and pushing equality forward regardless of race and class. Uh, so something that big, that's so big that Kieran is here to talk about is his upcoming novel, Prita's Web of Chaos. It's a young girl story of personal transformation that follows her as she encounters a series of harrowing obstacles that permanently change the way she sees herself. At the beginning, she thinks she's small, weak, and just a little girl. I'm doing air quotes. But by the end, she realizes she's one of the most powerful entities to ever exist. So as soon as this, all this information came in my email, as soon as they reached out to me, I was on it I really wanted to do this interview and sadly it it came like right before my computer crashed so like I was we were all sad we had a date planned and everything we were about to come on and talk and uh, uh, hear from Karen but then my computer crashed and it's been like uh, I don't know it took a minute to get here a month or three weeks it's been a while it's been a while since we've talked uh, so this interview is long overdue. So without further ado, please enjoy this special episode with Mr. Kieran Paul Brown. Oh my gosh, that's new. Hello. <clears throat> Hi. Yes, I can hear you. Um, great, great. What exactly is new? You said, oh my gosh, that's new. There's there's this um, thing. Usually on Zoom, when it records, you just press record and then it's recording. But now there is this woman who is like, yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. is being recorded, and I was like, "What's going on?" I was scared for a second. But yeah, thank you for having me. That was good to meet you. No, I feel so honored. My podcast is sometimes like all over the place, and just to see that I've reached someone and that they wanted to come on, it's I feel so honored to to be here and honored to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, I've already recorded like a little intro. Um, but if you just want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Kieran, Kieran Brown, and I'm a writer from the UK. Um, I'm also the founder of something called the Web of Chaos Movement. Now, the Web of Chaos Movement has grown out of our book, Preta's Web of Chaos, which is the story of a girl's journey of personal transformation. It follows her as she encounters some very scary situations, which don't just terrify her, but they 
push her way past her comfort zone and slowly but surely change her self-image. And at the start, Preeta thinks, I am small, I am weak, I am just a little girl. But by the end, Preeta 1000% realizes that she is one of the most powerful entities to ever exist. <clears throat> now, from talking to people about this book, mm -hmm. um, something that kept coming up for me was, oh, this is a movement. This isn't just a book. This is a movement. This isn't just a book. This is a Most movement. definitely, right. That scared me to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you're aware of the term imposter syndrome. but um, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, well, I had a lot of that when I heard that. So how about me, you know, running a movement? Me? What, me? Right, what, right. me? Yeah. Me? <laughs> so, yeah, that was very scary. But... I decided to feel the fear and do it anyway. And, you know, got some people together and now we have a team and now we are basically doing what we can to help, let's say, girls, women, ethnic minorities build as much confidence as they can in the face of a world that either deliberately or accidentally tries to take it away from them. Right, yeah. You don't hear it. You don't hear this often. I think that... That's so, um, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago about uh, this, this NASCAR driver here uh, in America. His name is Bubba Wallace. And he was, he felt the same thing when he was, you know, telling NASCAR that he wanted to get rid of the Confederate flags here. Um, and he felt some imposter syndrome because he felt now he has to be the face of this movement in, in NASCAR uh, so where, when did you start writing this book? Um, 2018. 2018? Well, well, okay. It depends what you mean when you say writing. Okay. Okay. So Actually, when did you get the idea for the book? I, well, I yeah, that's say. 2018. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. 2018 is the idea. In terms of when I actually started writing, like now I am writing this book. That's the start of 2020. Uh, do you have any uh, younger sisters? Uh, no, I don't. Why do you ask? Oh, I was just wondering, like, I wanted to know the the spark for, was there something oh, that, you, that you know, someone close to you that's experienced some tough times or do you just see this problem and want to chase oh, after it? You know what? Okay, so here's the thing. When I first, the, the like, the movement of the book that's kind of grown subconsciously from the book. So let me explain. Okay. So one of my favorite books of all time is Matilda by Roald Dahl. Oh. In fact, he's one of, mm, okay, I, I like the way you've reacted to that. But yeah, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Wow, okay. And mm, so Roald Dahl, when he wrote that book, I mean, I don't know how old he was, but I know the book came out in either the 70s or the 80s. And he died in like 1989 or 90 as an old man. So mm -hmm. when he wrote Matilda, he's like a 40 plus year old man writing about a little five year old girl. Right, and that's right. one of my favorite books of all time now now the point is there's a couple reasons why i decided to make a book about a little girl but they're all kind of subconscious like number one preta actually existed in another story that i wrote a few years ago oh, which okay. i haven't released yet but probably will write in the future my mom gave me the idea to make a book just about preta gotcha. but why was i comfortable writing about a little girl well I think as a 
as a artist or any kind of artist, really, the whole purpose of art is to just create stuff that doesn't exist. So if I'm going to be like, oh, so every story I write has to be about a black man from Birmingham in the UK. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, he has exactly my life experience. That, that doesn't feel very creative to me at all. Gotcha. You know, I think creativity stems in literally creating stuff that does not exist. Does right. that. But then also, I feel like for the most part, we're way more similar as people than we give credit for. Oh, like, yeah. If you look at the things that make us different, there's not that many in comparison to the things that actually make us the same. And the feeling of her, like in the book, Preeta is in situations where she's like, I'm not good enough. I'm just a little girl. But at the same time, she could have been a boy saying, I'm not good enough. I'm just a little boy. Yeah. It's, there's not, you know what I mean? The, uh, the core essence of, can I actually do this? Am I allowed to do this? Do I have what it takes to do this? And I doubt myself so much. That's something that we can all kind of resonate with. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, I do have some nieces. Though. I do have some nieces. And to be fair, my nieces were the catalyst for the original story, which Preeta oh, was in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. When did you start thinking about this original story? Was this also 2018? Oh, no, no. The original story was a while ago. Like I, that was just something I wrote and I never released. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 I, I wrote it and I never released it. And I, I just wrote the story. It, oh, well, no, no. Because no. I will actually release it in the future. So I don't want to give too much away. But gotcha, basically, gotcha. <laughs> basically there was, it featured a strong bond that develops between a grown man and a little girl. Like they form a very close bond. And Preeta was a little girl, mm-hmm. basically. And at the time, my nieces were the same age as Preeta. So that Preeta was the original gen- uh, creation of Preeta was inspired by my little nieces, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, what you were saying earlier about how you know, we have a lot of similar similarities as people, you know, I go to this, um, I go to this school for for acting and musical theater. And something we always talk about is even if you're playing someone that you may think is totally different from yourself, like if I'm on stage playing, you know, like a 40 year old man, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I'm playing a 40 year old man who happens just to be in different circumstances, not raised in like Hickory, North Carolina or whatever. They're still like, we're all human and they're still, so many similarities I can find with this person. And there's still so much of myself that I can bring to this character. So uh, what you said earlier was so true of how uh, everyone has a lot of things in common. Sometimes it takes things like this. Sometimes it takes things like this book, um, like people to see the world in this eyes of Prita, a young girl, um, to really, you know, ask themselves hard questions or... Yeah, well... That, that's kind of the goal, really. The, a huge part of the goal of the book is, well, there's two goals. Number one, pure entertainment. I mean, that's it. So <laughs> it has been, it's our wish at Web of Chaos that when you read this book, you forget that the real world exists. Mm. That's the goal. That's the goal. Now, will, will we achieve it? I mean, you have to read it to make that decision for yourself. But that's the goal. <laughs> At every step of the way, it's been written to pull you out of the real world and take you into the world of the story. So that once you're done reading, you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh wow. I'm back in society. 
right. oh, there's actually a thing called society. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I've totally forgotten. So there's that. That's the number one. But then also number two, um, inspiration as well. Inspiration. I love that. Um, Preta goes through many challenges. Um, yeah, lots and lots and lots of challenges. And it's the goal is that people who read will be able to relate to her and mm -hmm. relate to not just to her as a person, but to what she's going through and then see how that kind of factors into their own lives. So have you been have you been an author for a while? Like what got you into into writing? Was it was it school or um, a certain person or just a, a certain love for it? Well, OK, so I guess it's a certain person. So number one, honestly, in terms of me writing, um, there's a large parallel between me and Preta because I've always been a writer, but I've never taken it seriously. And the reason I didn't take it seriously is because deep down, I didn't really think I was good enough. Mm. Now, if you went, which is why I didn't release the thing I wrote years ago. The, the first story Preeta was in. That's actually the reason why. Why did I sit down, write that book and not release it? Because deep down, I didn't think I was good enough. Now, if you'd have asked me back then why I didn't release it, I would have given you some really good excuses. I know there's been so logical and well thought out. And if I was in front of a jury, I'd have probably gotten away with it. But <laughs> I was still lying. I was just actually, I didn't think I deserved it. And, um, but anyway, the point is this. My mum taught me to read very young. Mm. So my first day of school, I already knew how to read. I mean, my mum taught me to read. I didn't learn to read from some teacher or whatever. I learned to read because my mum would sit down with me and she taught me to read. But another thing she did was she, um, she very deliberately, well, she's told me this now. She didn't tell me this back then, but she very deliberately programmed me to love reading. Like that was very deliberate. She was subtly maneuvering me to love reading because she knew it would be very good for me. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I would just read all the time, all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean literally all the time. All the time. Every, every day for hours upon hours upon hours upon hours and constantly begging my mom for new books, constantly, constantly. Which looking back, I'm sure she was, she loved it when I was begging her for new books. But at the time I'm like, mom, get me a new book, please, 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 please. And she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, mom, please. <laughs> and then she'd come back with one and then I'd just devour it and whatnot. Now, one of my first memories is, um, yeah, it's definitely one of my earliest memories. Yeah, I'm about five years old and I'm at school and the teacher says, class, today we're going to write a story. And I was so excited. I was so excited and I remember knowing, you know, quote unquote, that my story was going to be the best one of the class. I, I, I just knew. But anyway, I, I totally remember that. And over the years, there's always been this thing. I mean, I've written things over the years. I've had some uh, little things published here and there, but I was always scared to jump into it properly. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, I was always it's scared to jump into it. Scary properly, but... putting yourself out there. Mm. Yeah, it is. It, it, it actually is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm if I'm on a basketball team and the team loses, I can say that. Well, you know, the point guard should have done this and this and blah blah blah. Right. But when, like, say when you write a book, it's just you. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's you. It's your it's your creation. It's it's uh, a piece of your mind and your thoughts and what you think about the world and and sharing with sharing with the world how you view the world is scary because sometimes it could come with other people thinking you're crazy for ever seeing the world in the way you do. Um, so yeah, it, it comes with a lot of a lot of tears and uh, and a lot like this like this podcast. I I had actually stopped doing this podcast. Um, I started a while back and um, in 2017, I believe I was in, I was in high school, um, a junior high school. And I had, you know, I had episodes here and there, but I, I really stopped because honestly, I just got kind of just bullies, just, you know, telling me like, I shouldn't be doing this or, or, or stuff like that. So I stopped for a while. Um, and you know, even when I got past like the bullying, I was like, okay, well, am I even, do I even need to be doing this? Blah, blah, blah. All, all these things, all these things putting me down really when I, what I just realized was like, I was my, I was my own worst critic and here we are. So, and here you are putting, putting a book out. When do, when, when does the book come out? the book well you see here's the thing so right now the book will be released in about august okay it's gonna be some sometime in august what we're doing right now is um we have a kickstarter campaign because the book's going to be self uh published gotcha but we've got some stuff that we want to do because the book itself is going to um basically get attention for and help to grow the actual web of chaos movement itself so there's people all around the world who could really 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 do with reading the book and learning from its message Mm -hmm. what we want to do is to send free copies of that book to those people but obviously we don't know who those people are individually but let's say there's schools there's universities prisons etc on a little bit of a personal note, I want to send copies to my old school back in Birmingham. I think that'd be really cool to do. Birmingham? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Is that, that's where you're from? Birmingham, where at? In the UK. England. Oh, okay. Gotcha. England. Okay, cool. So you're, oh, okay. And you're now, now you live in Bali. Yeah. Per, okay. Gotcha. 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 Cool. 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 Yeah. So as well as that, we also want to get the book in front of relevant influencers as well. But not just like, oh, this person has 20 million followers, so let's go for them. No, it's not that. It's people who, yes, they have followers, but also they will resonate with the message that we're putting out as well. Right. You know? That's most important. Yeah. Mm. So that, that is what we want to do. And we have this. So that is phase one. So until phase one is complete, not really thinking about phase two, although we're looking at August or so for the release of the book. So yeah, if anybody is listening, um, if we could have a link in the description to the campaign, that'd be of course really good and really helpful. Yeah, I, when this go when this goes out, I'm gonna have links to the campaign, um, to your website probably. I was looking at that a little bit, the Instagram, everything just to get this out there and get this message. I'm excited to read the book whenever it comes out. And this is where we take a break. Go to the bathroom, drink some water, stay hydrated, folks, and we'll be right back.
I wanted to ask you a couple questions. I want to hear more um, besides just the, the book and the movement. We can come back to it. But I wanted to hear more um, about you. So you're from Birmingham in England. Um, what did you, I, I guess you grew up reading. Did you participate in anything else? Were you just always in, always in the books? Um, well, when you say participate, you mean like, oh, I played. Yeah, like I played basketball. You played basketball? I mean, yes and no. So. I don't know if you've ever... You must have heard of a film called White Men Can't Jump. Have you heard of it? Uh, say it again. White Men Can't Jump. No, I haven't heard of it. No. Okay. All right. Well, okay. This is showing my age. So it was... <laughs> it was... Like, it was released in either 1989 or 1990. And it was the basketball movie. It was Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Oh, and how do I not know about this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And the, the long and short of it is, it's like, it was a buddy movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's black, I'm white. We hate each other at first, but <laughs> we, we become friends. But they play basketball together throughout the whole film. And they're either playing against each other or against other people. So, well, what I'm basically saying is I saw that when I was a kid and then that, that made me think, oh, I want to learn basketball. Right, but, right. But in the UK, it's not like the States where there's like proper teams and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, I was just playing at school in my lunchtime. I played a lunch break at school from age like 11 to 15 or so. Okay, gotcha. So I did that. Um, I played a bit of tennis. I had tennis tuition once a week. Tennis, okay. For, yeah, for like a for like a year. But it was literally mean, once a week. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mean tennis player on on the Wii. Um, but besides that, I'm on the Wii. Yeah, on the Wii. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was my go to game. It wasn't it wasn't uh, anything else. It was just tennis. I could like really hit it. Yeah. You know what? It's way easier to play tennis on a console than in real life. You know, it's, it it's crazy. Uh, uh, you know, I I had tennis coaching for like a year, like I said, and I never got the hang of serving. Mm, mm. You just actually serving the ball. You throw it up and then you slam it down to where you. I still didn't get the hang of that in like a year. No, it was like two years. <laughs> so you weren't two like. Years. I mean, it, it's a lot. Like, you have to measure the time when it's going to come down and hit it. What, would you just miss it every time after you threw it no, out? It's, it's not like I'd miss the ball. It's just like I'd hit it and it wouldn't go where I wanted it oh, to go. Okay. But again, I'm only playing tennis for, like, two hours once a week. Right, right, right. Not as you know, much as you're reading. Was yeah, it? like, if I, were, if I was, like, let's say... I was adopted by the Williams sisters and their dad. I'm sure he'd have sorted me out in like a month, maximum. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd be... like maximum. Right, right. <laughs> but then, anyway, anyway, the point is, um, I wasn't really, I wasn't really sporty to be honest. Like I rode my bike a lot when I was very small, mm-hmm. up until the age of I don't know, maybe ten or so. But I was quite an, I was like an overweight kid. Um, yeah wasn't yeah 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 Yeah, that's kind of what i was like comics video games and books you know that's like the main stuff i was doing yeah i well hey we're look at us i was not sporty at all i would try to play basketball and like pe or just something with other people but they'd always end up just kicking me off the team because i wasn't good 
ever. Um, I played like like t-ball or something when I was young, and I would just run the wrong way around around the the diamond. It was bad. Uh, I was just uh, a singer, and I would just dance, and that's pretty much it. Something I've realized is, um, I think a lot of what we think our skills and abilities are is actually down to confidence. I uh, can't explain what I mean. Mm-hmm. So when I look back. I, like I said, I used to play basketball at school in my lunch break. Now, if you'd have asked, if you asked anybody who I used to play with, how good was Kieran? They go, yeah, he was all right. He was all right. But the truth is I actually had much more potential than I, than I let on. I just didn't allow myself to use it because I felt inferior to everybody else there. So I, I could have done a lot more, but I was so in awe because these were, these are the coolest guys in school. And, oh, what right do I even have to be next to them? I kind of felt like that. So I actually subconsciously didn't let myself do things that I physically could do. Like little things like I would never take a layup because I, I thought taking a layup looked really cool. Right, right. But I wasn't cool enough to do that. So I'd always just shoot. Gotcha. You know, like little yeah. things like that. Or yeah. let's say if there was somebody who was trying to guard me, I didn't have that swagger, which is like, ha, I'm going to make you look stupid. I'm going to twist circles around you and stuff. Right. I didn't think like that. But if I thought like that, I would have done things like that. I just used to go, okay, he's, he's in front of me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. Mm. So yeah, I realized that. Let's say if you put someone else's mind into the body I had when I was a kid playing basketball I would have been one of the best kids yeah I would have been one of the best kids there I actually physically could do it I just didn't really think I could right yeah I mean besides it's it's also a mental thing um Mm. but I want to now I want to bring back up uh, the Web of Chaos movement. Earlier you said now you've got a team together. What's uh, in, uh, in, your, in your bio? It said you were a co-founder. Who are the other people um, a, part of your, a part of your team? Okay, so right now we have Tish. Her name's Tish. I find it very hard to pronounce her surname. It's Nyatia. Nyatia. Okay. Yeah, if she's gotcha. listening, she's going to hate me for this. Right, I, I can't even try. I won't. Mm. Well, apologies, Tish. So <laughs> she handles the administrative um, stuff. I mean, she's like the person who arranged this, for instance. Then we've got Critty. Um, yeah, Critty, and she basically is our strategic advisor. Gotcha. And honestly, having her on the team is such a, a godsend because she has skills that I don't. And something I'm really learning is that, you know what, it takes a village to create something and oh, you yeah. need up people who can do things that you can't. Like her brain thinks so logically. Like I'm this free thinking artist who yeah. gets creative. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that's her. Then we also have Mary Nikki and she's a content creator and she's a nutritionist. And we also have Sam and Sam's also a content creator and a life coach. Now, there's extra people we're going to bring in on, on board. Like, for instance, we need a web developer or an app developer. We're also looking at bringing in a um, mental health uh, professional as well, oh, uh, videographers, etc. Yeah. What would the, those roles be? Would they be there for, for people to reach out to 
um, like say, I guess like on your website and then um, maybe they would, would, would talk to people who might have some uh, mental health issues they want to talk through? Well, the thing is this, right? We're at the absolute genesis of this. So in, in the social network, I don't know if you've seen that movie. You've seen the movie about Facebook? I love that movie. That's like one of, I've seen uh, it probably five times now. Mm, great. Yeah, it, it was actually brilliant. And you know, something I really loved about that movie is how it made being like a web developer or a coder, it made it seem really cool. Oh, yeah. It, it made it seem <laughs> so cool. Even though it's hours and hours of just looking at numbers and yeah, letters. It made it seem so sexy. But anyway, the point is this though. At some point in that, Justin Timberlake's character says something like, we don't even know what this could be yet. Let's just see where it grows. And we're taking that same approach. Gotcha. So it's the first step is to get the book out. Then once the book is properly out, we will crystallize everything. We know what we know is this. We, we're building a community that is clear. Mm-hmm. And the community will be a safe space for people who want to become the best versions of themselves while also bonding with like-minded people and learning to thrive in the face of life's challenges. We know that. Yeah. And we know that we will be creating content, which is not just going to be educational, but fun as all hell. I mean, in the same vein as Preeta's Web of Chaos. Right. So we know, we know that. But then as for exactly what that looks like, not sure. I mean, if there's somebody listening to this who feels inspired by what I'm saying, then get in touch. If you feel like you have what it takes to bring real value to the movement and what it is that we're trying to do, then we'd really love to hear from you. Everything that you said, if if there's any time to do it is now. I don't know if you've been kind of kept up. I don't know what it's like in other countries when you guys look at America but for um, for a while, it's been a little weird and it's been pretty hard, um, especially for uh, minorities and especially um, for middle class and lower class uh, people here. And we've been kind of raising our voice and trying to get things done for our communities um, here. And I was going to say that this this book and this movement is great. Um, for here, I, I wanted to know if there was anything going on in the UK kind of at the moment that, you know, that this, uh, that this book would help um, as well that you, that you know of in your area. Not really. I mean, something that's something that I've noticed for years, and I'm not the only person to notice this, but it's like where the US leads, the UK follows. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it's kind of like that. So, for instance, Black Lives Matter happens in the UK. You know, there's rallies and stuff like that. But it wouldn't have happened if it hadn't already started in America, for instance. Wow. It literally is. Mm. I would not so, think that. Oh. Well, I mean, here is here's the thing. So, if you're in America, I know that this is less likely to be true now. But this is very, very, very true, like say 10 20 years ago and so on but it still is kind of true but anyway let me get to my point which is that if you are american this is less true today but it still is largely true if you're american you you just get american 
media and American uh, culture and stuff like that. And an example of this being, I mean, when if I'm on Reddit or something like that, you know the website Reddit, right? Yeah, I know Reddit. All right, cool. Yeah, 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 cool. So if I'm on Reddit and I speak to an American, they'll usually say, hey, what state are you in? And it's like, the, in, the inherent assumption is that I am American and somewhere in America, even though we're communicating over the internet. Right, right, yeah. Uh, we're communicating over the internet. I could be in any country anywhere, but yeah. they think, hey, what state are you in? That happens a lot. Now, if you listen to, let's say, I don't know, like if you watch your TV and stuff like that, um, it's going to be like all American stuff. Or occasionally there'll be something like The Office. The Office uh, was big in the States, and that was originally an English show, but then you right. kind of made an English, you made an American version of it. Anyway, the point I'm kind of making is that that's not the same elsewhere. Now, in the UK, we get a lot of American shows, music, culture, blah, blah, blah. A lot. Wow. Like, tons. To the point where the average person in the UK could quite easily name like 20 american states at least just not because we've been taught but because we've seen so many movies and listened to so many songs and watched right. so many shows right right yeah that's huh. crazy yeah we, like when you said birmingham earlier i was like oh birmingham alabama and then i was like yeah. wait no listen to his voice he's clearly not from birmingham alabama yeah well here, that's an interesting thing so like a lot of um places in america I'm actually just named after places in the UK. What? It's like I'm getting like a, a a crazy history lesson right now. Where like I I don't know. I'm I'm ecstatic to hear all this news. I I'm loving it. Oh yeah, like like all right. Here's an example. So New York, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what you don't realize is New York is literally the new version of a place called York in England. It's New York. There's a place called York in England. Oh new gosh. York is the New York. That makes so much sense. Because like we, they, that makes sense. Wow. Okay. Uh, but anyway, anyway, um, I feel we've got slightly off topic. The point is we get a lot of your culture. A lot. Wow. And America kind of like leads the way. Globe, I mean, in terms of the global culture space, that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Well, what do you, <clears throat> what do you, what do you think about that? Is that, is that, you feel like that's a good thing or, or a bad thing? Do you feel like we, since I guess America influences other countries more than other countries influence us, do you think we would also benefit from, you know, tuning into, uh, uh, things from New Zealand or or the, or the UK as often as I mean, as you too. I would say yes, but I also think that's starting to happen now, which is why I said it's less true now than it used to be. I right, mean, right. The thing about the internet is the internet's kind of opened everybody. It's opened a load of borders. It's like, for instance, obviously, well before you or I were born, World War Two happened, mm -hmm. but. In World War II, it's the Germans were evil and the Japanese were evil. And if you were German or Japanese, the English and the Americans, they were evil. They were your mm. enemies. Mm -hmm. It'd be so tough to do that now because, for instance, when let's say we were to go to war with Russia, 
And it's like, yeah, the Russians are evil. There's going to be Russian teenage girl bloggers blogging about, look, I'm just a girl. I just want to live. Oh, yeah. And it's going to, yeah, it's way harder to convince yourself that we actually need to go out and murder and kill these people now because actually the borders are actually open and we have access to each other. Whereas in World War II days, that didn't happen. So you just had the media telling you these people were evil. But like, for instance, I'm in the UK and you're talking to me now. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's i was yeah. gonna tell you also it was crazy that it's because it's still monday where i am and i just wanted to talk about that for a sec earlier i was supposed to bring it up yeah. i totally forgot to that it was crazy i was like because it's late here and it's like midday for you there um and i've never talked to someone um yeah yeah, yeah. well time. i'm in the future <laughs> you are in the future what how is it are, are we okay has the world ended no no it's still alive Good, good, good. I think I think I covered everything. Unless there's anything else that you want to say or anything else that you want to talk about, um, uh, nothing's on the top of my head right now. Well, I mean, the final thing I'd like to say is, so we've got 14 days left of the uh, Kickstarter campaign. Mm, By the okay. time this podcast comes out, that's probably going to be five, six, seven, right? Or who knows what. If you could, um, when I say you, I mean the person who's listening. If the person who's listening could support support us that would be absolutely wonderful um if you could donate that would be great if you could share it on your social media networks that would be great if you like us and what we're about and you want to get involved reach out to us we're at web of chaos on instagram or preterswebofchaos.com uh thank you to you marcus for your time thank you 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 yeah it's great to have me yeah, it was such an honor. And uh, yeah, like Karen said, I think everyone should support the the Web of Chaos movement. Please support the Kickstarter. I'll leave information probably on my Instagram and in the description of this of this podcast. Um, and and yeah, thank you for coming. And I'll 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 have to talk to you again sometime and see how everything's doing, especially when the book comes out in August. Brilliant, brilliant, man. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye. Transition music. Ah, what a great time. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, Joss was supposed to be here, my little after show recap, but she chickened out, so it's just me. Um, One thing before we go, I wanted to bring up uh, something that I wish I had brought up during the interview, and it's when we were talking about... um, the influences on other countries and one thing i wanted to say is you know he was talking about how if you know russia goes to war and uh, germany goes to war whatever blah 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 um you know it's easy to be like oh the russians are evil or the germans are evil but then like now we have the internet where we can see you know people civilians there who are actually facing or living through this and we can empathize with them. And, you know, that's kind of what happened this year when uh, our focus was on the Palestinian and Iranian war. And, I, you know, I had known that that had been going on for years. But sometimes for me, it was hard to kind of, I guess, quote unquote, pick a side. Because I guess we're, I feel like we're always engineered to like choose a side and in some situations like of course you you choose a side but i me personally with with that i you know i i could see people from palestine posting about 
how horrible how horrible Iran was to them or 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 vice versa and so yeah it's crazy that 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 that's how we are now imagine if the internet was around during like world war one or world war two or the vietnam war you guys remember when everyone was like against that and uh jfk ended up being assassinated because he wanted i don't know there's a lot there's so much well maybe we'll dive into that whole maybe this is like a topic for like another podcast Ooh, yes yes great ideas okay all right um now it's time of the show where we count to five and you tell me how you're doing and then i answer accordingly okay here we go one two three four five all right i think everyone's doing pretty good yeah hopefully and if you're not if you feel like you're not find two things that you're grateful for right now uh, currently, I'm grateful for my new computer, and I'm grateful for that I've been living since from January to June, and we're in 2021, it's already June, and I've managed to stay alive. All right, everyone, have a good rest of your day, or night, or morning, wherever you are in time, and remember to go and support the Kickstarter, and we'll see you next week.